Hey family, welcome to Connect with Pastor Paul. We're glad you could join us, and in a couple of moments, we'll receive a life-changing message that will impact our daily living and draw us closer to God. Now before we proceed, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can receive notifications about new content and episodes. Now, let's enjoy the Word of God together. him that is from the beginning i write unto you as young men because you have overcome the wicked one i write to you as children three stages because you have known the father i've written to you fathers because you've known him that is from the beginning i've written to you young men adulthood because you are strong and the word of god abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one see this is the, this is where we get the three stages of life okay so again as a child we're talking about spiritually and mentally. It's a stage of learning. As an adult, you're not overcoming problems. You're, 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 you're seeking out to, to overcome and solve things on your own. As an elder, now we're talking about legacy. Who can I empower? Now listen to this quickly. What we have to review is because the blessing God has for you is determined by the stages of life or by the stage of life. They said together, the blessings, come on. Uh-huh. are determined by of life. So say, that, say, my blessing, I can't hear you today, say, my blessing is determined by the stage that I'm in. That make sense? Your blessing is determined by the stage that you're in. This is what I want you to understand. I know we're in a tough season right now with the pandemic. I get it. But I want you to understand this concept in order to overcome, right? Now, I know we ran through this quickly. Give me a few seconds. Seed time. Sowing seeds. You're sacrificing. You're investing. You're doing whatever it'll take to bring you the results that you want. Right? Now, harvest. You're now reaping the reward of what you worked hard for. Okay? You are, are, you're reaping what you've sown. It's a time for strategy, reinvesting. It's more difficult than seed time because it requires a network. You now need people to help you. You can sow seed by yourself, but you need people to help you gather the harvest. Right, so now it's the time to network. Now look at yourself. If you say, you know, I'm good at hustling on my own in my own corner, sacrificing so a seed, but why is it that I don't get the results? Because possibly you struggle with people. It's, it's, now you have to work on your interpersonal skills, right? So in, in, in harvest now, you need to possess strength to achieve your mission. You need a, a power team, complementary professionals to help you, right? So you can be successful now. In gathering the harvest, now cold and winter, cold and winter, we can use that synonymously. It's a time of what? Loneliness, dryness, rejection, betrayal, betrayal, abandonment. And this is the time when it feels like nothing is working for you, nothing at all. Right? It's not a time for much laughter. It can actually be a very depressing time. And things will always appear dead. Will appear dead, just like when we go outside in wintertime. All the leaves are falling off the branch. Things look dead. Now, summer, right? Summertime. It's a time of warmth, joy, embrace. You feel good about yourself. Day, the world wakes up to you. It's a time of exposure. It's a time of light. You feel good about yourself. Recognition. It's a time of, of great reward, and it can also bring great enemies. 
Great reward can bring what? Great enemies. And the ninth season is a time when you're not noticed. It's a time of, of big dreams, quietness, great creati- creativity. Things are happening inside of you. you know? and, and, and sometimes in this season, it feels like the world is against you. You can look at the life of Joseph, Genesis 37, verse 1. It says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers. The sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Joseph brought his father, a bad report about them. Y'all familiar with this story, right? Guy with the colorful coat and his brothers sell him, throw him in the ditch. And when I was reading this, I said, I know people from the hood definitely understood why he got thrown in the ditch because snitches end up in what ditches? Snitch on his brothers all the time. And, and as a result of that, look what happens. Now, Israel, which is Jacob, we're going to talk about Israel in the next one, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate or colorful robe for him. Verse 4, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him. Someone say hate. Say hate. They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Verse 5. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. There's another level of hate, even more. Verse 6, he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field, when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Whew. Get this. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Right? He's the 11th child of 10. 10 brothers he's speaking to. Will you actually rule over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and what he had said. Verse 9. Then he had another dream. And he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said. I had another dream. Like, I guess he didn't learn the first time. <laughs> I got another one. got another dream. And this time, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. Verse 10. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had where your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? Verse 11, his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Joseph is in a night season. He's having big dreams. Things are happening within him. And it seems like 
His family's against him. His father rebuked him. See, God is revealing the future to him. God is showing him things. Some of y'all have had dreams. And you know you didn't manufacture those dreams. God actually put those dreams inside of you. Gave you those dreams. And But little did he know that the dreams he, were, he was having would become a nightmare. Little did he know. I want to encourage y'all. I wish I had time in this, in this series to talk about staying in the night season and not, and not going into the light, into the day too quickly. And a lot of us do. You know, it's just the, the culture we live in nowadays. It's the culture we live in. And, and, and he was only 17 years old. So he was lacking wisdom. He was immature to go tell your brothers. Like, you should be able to discern the first time you told your brothers about the dream that they weren't feeling it. And he comes and hey, guys, by the way, I got another one. Another one. And he goes and tells them the second time. And I want to encourage somebody here today. I thank God for the power of social networking, that we can find friends that we've known since we're kids across the world. But may I say this without offending anybody? Some of y'all, stop telling your business too early. I mean, some of y'all, God forbid, you'd put your five-year plan on social media and say, comment below, please. Let me know your thoughts. No, you got to understand. You see, if, if Joseph would have kept his mouth shut, because, you see, the time of great dreams, creativity, that's something between you and God. Are you understanding? Let God put you. You see, if you manifest yourself too early, I wish we had time. Even Jesus Christ. King Herod was going to kill him because he found that another king was trying to come take his place. Even if Jesus Christ, if Joseph had not woke up in the morning, I'm talking about Jesus' father, Joseph. If he didn't wake up at the command of the angel to get them out of there, Jesus would have been killed. Early exposure, Jesus Christ, the son of God, could have been killed if he, if he manifested too early. I encourage y'all to learn even as we go. Some of y'all will be better off without a profile, without a page, without a post, without this, without... Let nobody know what you're doing. Oh, y'all quiet. Stay in the dark. Stay underground. It's a time. You don't need to hear stuff anymore. You don't need to hear people's opinions. You don't need people to like your post to see if that's a sign of affirmation or confirmation. You're good all by yourself. God says good things about you. I mean, like sometimes I turn, the news, turn on the news, right? And I begin to wonder, man, I feel disgusting. I feel dirty watching all of this. It is so negative. I'm afraid of my own shadow right now. You know what I'm saying? You feel like everybody's out against you. This stuff is not healthy. All this information that is going out, that has nothing to do with what God has told me. Are y'all here? Can we preach a bit? So, so he, say, he speaks too early. And, and before you know it, he went from the season of a night where he had dreams and creativity, and he's now moving. Just because he spoke too early, he's now moving into a cold season. So one day, his father tells him, go check up on your brothers. Go out and check on. Not knowing that they were conspiring to kill him. 
Genesis 37 verse 20. Look at this. They said, come therefore. Let us now kill him and, ca and cast him into some pit. And we shall say some wild bees. They took this beautiful coat, took it, dipped it in lamb's blood. They said, let's say some wild bees devoured him. That's, that's the story we're going to tell our dad. And, and look at what, look at what, this is the most powerful place. I want you to, let me pause here for a second. They were not after killing Joseph's flesh. They were, they were not after that. They didn't care about that. They didn't care about that. They weren't about killing his flesh. They didn't care about that. They said, let's kill him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. They were after his dream, not his body. Are you seeing this? Look, look, look. Let me say this nice and loud for everybody to hear this. Whether you're male or female, black or white, tall or, or, or short, left-handed, right-handed, ambidextrous, I don't know, I don't care. Listen, listen to me. The Bible says don't fear the one who will kill the flesh, but the soul, your destiny. They were never after, they were never after Joseph's flesh. They were after his dreams. The devil's after your destiny. He's not, the enemy's not, you think he cares because you're black or white, male or female, tall or short, whether you're pretty or cute. He don't care about that. He's after what God put inside of you. But his destiny. Let us, let us see what will become of his dreams. See, that's what the hatred was rooted in. They feared who he might become. I learned a long time ago that, man, I used to ask my wife, babe, am I, am I that annoying? Like, why do I have all these, like, enemies around? And my wife's like, yeah, you're kind of annoying. But, um, no, she said, no. Said, and then I learned that, you know what, it's, it's never been about me, Pastor Paul, or microphone, or what I do. It's about what God has called me to do. It has nothing to do with my skin, my flesh. I want you to understand this. The devil doesn't care. He doesn't discriminate. He doesn't care about what you look like, how much money you have. He doesn't care. He's, he's been after the same thing. God's plan for your life. This is why when I talk about church, I promise you, I will tell you, if this is not the right church for you, leave. I'm about destiny. It's about destiny to me. That's what it's all about. Destiny over everything. So they said, so they said, Let's see what's going to happen with the dream. Now, if you know this story, it is so deep in the sense that you ask yourself, how can human beings be so cruel? Like, this is wickedness, okay? <laughs> this is wickedness. Your own brother, same father, flesh and blood. And how did it get there? I'll show you a formula. There was a progression. You see, offense. They were offended at the first dream. Like, yo, who does this guy think he is? I'm offended. Me? I'm bowing down to you? You're my younger brother? I'm offended. What are you talking about? Now, offense will lead to betrayal. And then betrayal will lead to hatred. Look at Matthew 24, verse 10. It says it in Scripture for us. And then many will be offended, betray one another, and hate. I seen the progression. So imagine this, this, this young man, just a teenager, screaming for help at the bottom of that pit, 
okay, guys, the joke's over now. I get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come on. Come on, game's over now. You know, let me help by painting the cultural context of this story. In, bib- in biblical times, sons were so important, not because they're better than, than daughters, but they, they carried the name and they took the inheritance. You know? So now this young man will never receive his father's name, and he's about to be blotted out of his father's inheritance. And, and imagine at the bottom of this pit, and you look up, and you think that help is on the way, not knowing that the man who's looking at you is about to own you. He was sold as a slave. Your own brothers. Your... See, I can turn this message into a message of forgiveness as well. I don't know if any character in the Bible was done as dirty as Joseph. And we can all agree that the people that hurt us the most are the ones that are closest. His own family members. His own brothers. This is wicked. Sold him as a slave. 20 shekels of silver. And y'all need to understand how deep this is. When you are sold as a slave, you become somebody's property. You die as a slave. That's it. No plan for you. All right? Nothing. You're done. And it's not like... And you get to marry, but it's not like you get to go on like EliteSingles.com, eHarmony.com. No, you're going to www.SlaveMatch.com. You are marrying another slave. Are you understanding? You don't marry, you're marrying a slave. So, so guess what? You marry a slave and your children are slaves. Are you getting it? And, and, and this wouldn't be so bad if he was like born a slave, but y'all need to understand that. This guy was an heir to a wealthy man. Father Abraham was wealthy. And so was his son Isaac. You come from money. And now you're a slave. Your children become slaves. And the cycle, seasons are cyclical. Now you're stuck in a cycle as a slave for the rest of your life. Only because you shared the truth. You shared a dream. It's a tough story if you really take time to take it in. Imagine the suicidal thoughts that were swirling through Joseph's mind. He was probably thinking, this guy should have just killed me. Would have been better. Should have just been killed. Now, he's getting ready to enter into a new season. Let's look at it. Genesis 39.1. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Israelites who had taken him down there. Right? The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. God can prosper you even in bondage. It's amazing, isn't it? We've messed up that word prosperity in the church. We think it's about money. It's not even about just money. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had, he put under his authority. If you continue down the text, the word blessed comes up several times. Blessed, he blessed because he was there. His house was blessed. And he was brokering all of Potiphar's accounts. He was the one in charge. 
if you look at the scripture, it says that the only thing that he was not in charge of was part of his food. Because according to Egyptian rituals, for fear of being poisoned, you know, you don't give anybody your food. So apart from the food that Potiphar ate, everything was under Joseph's authority. Think about it. He's now entering into warmth now, okay? A little bit warmth because your whole life has been appended. You know, you're finally, you're finding favor. You're finally coming into a place of rest, right? You're finally finding a sense of belonging through this master. He's trusted you. And, and for 10 years, you've served him. Now, Genesis 39 verse 7 says this. We can just reduce it just a touch. It says this in verse 7. It says, and it came to pass. And it came to pass. This is about 10-year period. Seasons are about to change. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife. Someone say, Lord, have mercy. Say, Lord, have mercy. Started casting longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. Now, this lady was very, very dedicated. She understood seasons. But she was sowing a lot of seeds. Mind games. She was persistent. Imagine somebody telling you every single day, sleep with me. Sleep with me. Every day. Flirting. And, and the scripture says that he was, a, he was a handsome man. He was proficient and attractive. But the scripture says that every single day, every day, imagine this lady, Joseph. Joseph, look here, look here. Imagine that. Imagine that. The flirting. See, y'all too, y'all are too holy when you read the Bible. Way too holy. You know she was showing skin, like. She would purposely like bend over in front of him and stuff. You know she did that. She tried every single day. Every day she was taunting him. And you see, I've always wondered sometimes when you see, like as a guy, like I know guys who get the women, women of their dreams. And they tell me, she said no a hundred times. She said no, 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 no. But the guy sometimes is persisting. You know those guys? Who the, the girl one day just says, you know, fine. You've asked me a thousand times. I said no a thousand times, but just say, fine, fine. Because this lady was persistent. She would not stop. Winking at him, showing stuff. Okay, that's my version of the Bible. But all of that. And one day she said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm taking you. And she cornered him. She cornered him. And she said, we're going to do it today. And he ran out. He's the only guy in the Bible who's the, who made it. He's the only guy in the Bible. There's no other man in the Bible. <laughs> He's the only guy in the Bible. Joseph, what a guy. What a guy. And he runs out of the room. And she grabs his robe. And she has his robe in his hand as evidence. And she's exacting revenge for the rejection. And she cries out, rape. He raped me. Now, again, let me bring this down to our level, if you understand what's going on. This is a serious charge. <laughs> Potiphar was a powerful man. 
for a foreigner to be accused of rape. In fact, he should have been killed right on the spot. Right? It's not like he's a slave, guys. He has no right. You think he has a right to a trial or a jury or a lawyer? No. He's done. She, she cries out rape. Look at Genesis 37 verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. He should have been killed right then and there. But instead, the Lord delivered him once again. He was, he was covered now. He was in a season of, of, of warmth now. Exposure. He has authority. And now again, innocent the second time. Now you're being thrown in prison for a crime you didn't even commit. Talk about the season. Like he's going from one place to another. And now he's in prison. Guys, if you understood prison in those days, in that time, it's like, it's not like you can get your GED in prison. <laughs> you understand? Oh, I want to study. There's no workout facility. There's no dietary guidelines. In fact, they torture you. They give you just enough food to eat. If you look at 1 Kings 22 and 27, it says this. Now, this is a part of the torture tactics in jail in those days, or prison. It says, Thus says the king, very good, put this fellow in prison, feed him with bread, with the bread of affliction and water of affliction until I come. They give you just enough bread and water to make sure that you suffer, just enough to survive. So he's suffering. He is suffering. And these prisons are void of light, void of warmth. So he's literally back in the cold. He's been lying on. He's back in the dark. He's in a dungeon. If you read properly, it's a dungeon he's in right now. And on top of it, there is pain inflicted upon him. Psalm 105, verse 17, pain. It says, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who sold as a slave. Go 18. They hurt his feet with fetters, and he laid in iron. So now there's also physical pain, emotional pain, physical pain he's in right now. Like, this man has the card. He has the right to be the most bitter person ever. Your whole life being lied to, being taken advantage of, put in the worst situations for crimes you didn't commit. Spending years at a time, too. Years at a time. Now, for a second, let's just see if we can crack open Joseph's skull and, and wonder what was going through his mind what he was saying to himself. You know, the what ifs of life. I, looking to the right person to assign blame to. Oh, whoever is responsible for my despair. Let, let's relate it to us. Oh man, you, he's probably entertaining thoughts that, oh, how this could have been different. Swimming in the pools of regret, as I often say. How many of us, oh, Let's talk about us for a second. Oh, my, my childhood was different. My parents did this, right? If, if that relationship, I, I wouldn't be in a financial uh, stress right now, you know? Or if I were not in this family. Who do you assign blame to when you're in a cold season? 
I, I need to park in the season because, you know, the cold season, the, that's one of the toughest seasons, the cold one, and you in the night at the same time, the, that season right there, that season, is the one where most people quit. And when you're in a combination, you can be in a combination. You can be in sea time, cold, night. You can be in a combination of the seasons. And it can be the most depressed times of your life. That's why I keep on preaching this, because if people understood seasons, they would hang on. If you understood it, he's in the worst season. In prison again. Who do I assign blame to? Whose fault is it? Your parents' fault? The family you're born to? If you had this, if you had that, who does he assign blame to? So he's in prison, and there's two prisoners that have vivid, disturbing dreams that come to him. Eventually, one gets restored, one gets executed, a butler and a baker. And, and listen to this. He's called now to stir up his gift. I don't think y'all understand what's going on. I'm in prison, doing well in prison because the guard trusts me right now, but I'm in prison, bound in fetters for no reason. I come from a rich family, and my brothers are wicked and evil, had me sold into slavery, and I'm still overcoming the odds and beating the odds. And now, my boss's thirsty wife lies on me, accuses me of rape, and now I'm in his own prison again. And now... You're telling me that two people are in need of my services and you want me to stir up my gift? My gift? You want me to prophesy on you? You want me to, you want me to not interpret your dreams? What would y'all say if some people came up to y'all? In that situation, what would y'all say? Y'all say, I'm in, I'm, in, y'all say, I'm in the season right now. I'm in the season right now. And I don't think I can conjure up the Holy Ghost right now. So... If you don't mind, you know, give me my six feet, coronavirus and all, I need my six feet, move. You would just say, what are you talking about? You know, you, know, I've been, you know how I've been treated? Now you want me to stir up a gift and help you? As a matter of fact, why would I even help people that are in the same situation that I'm in? Hello? You, can, you, don't, have no th- you don't have no authority or no power to get me out of this situation. So why should I help you? What benefit... Is it to me if I help you in this time? What benefit? Now listen to this, y'all. Joseph has no idea that despite being sold as a slave, brought to Egypt, lied on and incarcerated a second time, he had no idea that these two people that he's faced with, this baker and this butler, is his greatest test in the nastiest season. Church, listen well. I've been studying seasons for a while. Some of y'all have been in cold seasons, tough seasons, but your greatest test is inserted in the season. Did you hear that? See, it's not a season now to say, oh, I'm in the cold, so I'm going to pause. I'm not going to church anymore. I can't pray anymore. Nobody come near me. I, I, I don't have it in me. Leave me alone. I just need a long time. I just need my own spiritual sabbatical. In the coldest, darkest seasons is the greatest test. 
Go to verse 17. You'll see it in the scripture. He says in Psalm 105, 17, quickly, if you got it. It says, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold a slave, 18. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons, 19. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord did what? I don't hear you. I don't hear you. I don't hear you. I don't hear you. He's being tested. He's being tested. And the stages of life determine the seasons of life. How he responds to the test. What is eldership? Empowering other people. Are you listening to me? Are you here or not? Are you here? What is eldership? It's not about me. I'm still going to empower you. I'm still going to help you. Even though I'm in a, a, the worst situation as well. And this was his greatest test. This guy's in trials. Listen to this, y'all. And I know somebody better get this word. Nathan, you can jump up here because I know we're almost out of time. But listen. The trials and tribulations that he went through are beyond his control. But listen to this. (laughs) The freedom of choice he has on how he decides to respond is totally up to him. For all the charismatic, superstitious, I don't like that word, but supernatural, spiritual people, no demon, no devil, your baby daddy, your parents, any hater in life can't take you out of the will of God. The only person who can do that is you. He says, I'm in the nastiest situation, but he doesn't know that this is the worst season of his life, but it is determined by how he responds to two guys, two guys who can't help him, two guys in a, in a bad situation, two guys. How he responds determines everything. No, I, I'm here to say to you, how many of us find ourselves in cold seasons, dark seasons, and we cut off the world? I'm not talking to you. I'm not dealing with you. And I need my, it's about me, 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 me. Childhood. Me, 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 me. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Adulthood. I got to do something, but it's still a bit self-centered. Eldership. Who can I empower? Who can I help? I believe that this virus and what's going on in this season... It's causing us to look around, survey our surroundings, and realize that life is bigger than us. Life is bigger than us. So, so guess what? He's in his biggest test. The Lord's testing him, and he chooses. He doesn't know that if he handles these two guys right, if he handles them right, it's his ticket outside of prison. If he handles them right, that's his ticket if he handles them right. So he begins to interpret the dreams and one makes it alive, one doesn't. I want somebody to receive this word right here before I sit down and keep my mouth shut. Hebrews 6.10 says what? For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love. 
He helps people. I need to ask a question. How many of y'all have helped people get out of a prison that you're still in? Did you hear that? You gave somebody advice and they applied it and it worked. <laughs> and you still got issues. You know, he said to them, he said to them, when you get out of this place, remember me. And they forgot him. The baker was killed. The butler lived. I need you to hear this word for a second. Before we go, you must hear this word. When it comes to seasons, sometimes things will die around you. Things will die. And I want to thank you, Nathan. That's better. Lift it up. Things will die around you in seasons. He helped these two guys. When it came to one of them, the butler, he lived. The baker died. And he said, when you guys get out of this place, both of y'all, don't forget me. Don't forget me when you get out, when you stand before the Pharaoh. Don't forget me. And they forgot him. One of them died. Now, I'm here to say this to y'all. Don't take this personal. Don't take it the wrong way. I'm just going to speak as the Lord instruct me to speak. Some of y'all must accept that things in certain seasons will die. God is not going to use dead things to bless you. Let certain things die. And some, we cry over, you know, Pastor Paul, if I would have done this or done that or tried this or did this major, if I, if I didn't do this, if, if he hadn't have left me, if he didn't break my heart, if he didn't cheat, let it die. Are you here today or not? Let it die. It died. God is not going to use dead things to bless you. We've lost family members. We've cried. We've shed tears. Some things are dead. They are gone. He couldn't help him. He was killed. However, the butler remained. And one day the Pharaoh had a dream and said, ah, this dream is so troubling. He called all of the great wise men. Nobody can help. And then the butler remembered there's a guy in prison who helped me. Now, again, let me back up in case you haven't read the story. If Joseph... <laughs> was wallowing in his own pity and did not respond to these guys appropriately. In fact, you know that the scripture says that I, 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 you must pursue love because without love you can't even prophesy. I've been a pastor for a long time. You know who the, the biggest prophets are in church? The nasty ones. Oh, you didn't know? Oh, God is telling you to leave this church. But you hate the pastor. You don't like the ministry anymore. But yeah, you want to prophesy on everybody. That is a false gift. You cannot genuinely prophesy unless there's love in your heart. In fact, there's no way he'd be able to interpret dreams if he was not filled with love. Despite the abuse, despite being lied upon, despite being punked how many times, and still he was able to interpret the dream. So because he handles in this season, glory be to God, because he handles in this season this great test and blesses somebody in the coldest, darkest season, one day. You see, this is what y'all need to accept. Stop trying to play God. God sees you in season. Are you understanding? God sees you in a season. Some of us have been in season for a long time. Rev, I've been here for a long time. I'm stressed. I'm single. I'm hurting. I'm sick. God sees all things. God himself said, you know what? <laughs> they forgot you, but I didn't. And God moves. He said, we call God the great chess player. You see, 
my prayer more than anything is when I see people, especially coming to this church, especially in this hour, is that, that you learn to handle the season with your stage so you continue to progress and move forward. He handles the season appropriately. And you know what God does? <laughs> God is the best. He's like a chess player. He puts the right person at the right place, at the right time. I wish you'd hear this. The right moves, the right hour, the right timing. And he moves upon the brother at the right time. And he touches the heart of Pharaoh. I can feel the anointing. Y'all not catching this. And he touches the heart of Pharaoh at the right time. He calls him forward at the right time. And before you know it, because he handled this season right, not only is he released from prison, but he's moved to second in command in the whole nation. You tell me that God doesn't move in season. Are you joking? It's how you handle it. So he moves him out of the pit. He's standing before Pharaoh. And he says this. You are now second in command. Church, I guarantee you, if this man was filled with wickedness and bitterness, he would have rotten in that prison. Did you hear that? Although he was innocent, he would have rot in that prison. I can promise you that. I'll tell you why. Before he was born, a word that was already spoken was already in motion. God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. So out of you is going to come the seed, right? Jesus Christ. Abraham is his great-grandfather. His father is Isaac. Now his 11, his 10 brothers, he's the 11, Benjamin the 12. His 10 brothers that did wickedly to him. Because he was able to instruct the Pharaoh that there's going to be a famine, and he showed him how to preserve mankind based on the famine, his brothers came to Egypt for aid, and he was now faced with his brothers. Now, how many of y'all would be like this? Yes. Y'all would be like, uh-huh. I'm getting ready to chop all your heads off one by one. If he would have, if he would have been bitter wicked, angry in his season, God would have left him there to rot because he would have killed the tribes of Israel. And if the tribes of Israel were killed, there'd be no Jesus Christ. Believe me. How you handle your season. I want you to hear this word. How you handle your season. You guys can do it. I know you can do it. How you handle your season. Don't let the ex-boyfriend make you bitter. Don't make the ex-girlfriend make you bitter. Don't let the people that hurt you in ministry, the church, make you bitter. How you handle your season matters. You must handle it like an elder. Handle your season. He says, I'm not going to allow you guys to define me. Is there something about, about when you become bitter? When you become, you become nasty and, and God passes you by. Although he had a right, y'all, he had a right. The guy had a right. He had a right. He was innocent. He had a right. Galatians 6, 9 says what? I need to shut this down. It says what? It says, look at this. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season. Shall reap if you don't do time. Now the word do is not D-O. The word D-O is an action word, is it not? You're doing stuff. You're doing, you're doing, you're doing. But the word D-U-E means in the, in the process of time. 
You see, it's going to come to a time in seasons where I wish you would just understand. You just embrace it. I just embrace it. Winter's coming, my jacket is on. I'm ready to embrace what comes my way. I lost my job, I'm going to embrace it. A uh, uh, relationship's not right, I gotta, I'm going to embrace it. There's illness in my body, I have to embrace it. Once you learn to embrace seasons, you don't lose heart in due time. You're going to reap. But you can't lose heart in seasons. You just can't lose heart. Thank you for tuning in. We invite you to join the Connect Worship Experience in your city. Call our global office at 1-888-263-4272 for more information. Or visit us online at www.anfgcconnect.org.